welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday, December 12th. This is episode 145 of Elijah Fire. I want to address the elephant in the room, all right? The elephant on the stream. Um, Friday, I said that we were going to have Jesse Green on Monday. I didn't lie. We came into work this morning and we got a note from Jesse saying, hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to need to reschedule. And we were like, oh, no, do we do us? Do we do a stream today? Do we not do a stream today? We opted for doing a stream today and we said, we know who we can ask. And so we asked my guest today, which is Krista Elisha, and she's amazing. And she came through like a superhero. It was amazing. So for those of you who don't know, she's an author, she's a revivalist, she's a prophetic voice, a very powerful prophetic voice, giving me several very accurate prophetic words. Um, she's also the founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries and Speak Life Initiative, along with her amazing husband, David. Let's give it up for my guest today, Krista Elijah. Woo! Welcome! Hello, hello. Welcome back for the 50 millionth time. 50 millionth time. Yeah. <laughs> it's been about that long, right? <laughs> no, it's not. You know, it's so funny. I was thinking like, no matter how many times I've been on this show and I see like all your aw- awesome graphics and your video effects and everything, I still watch it every time and I'm just as equally amazed as the oh. first time. Like Jeff is so brilliant. Like, oh, I put the little cool. snowflakes and the little sleigh bells in there. I that. saw That's, that. Yeah. I always have to point that out because I love it so much. Did you see the snowflakes to every single one of my So great. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm just like, God, I wish I could. I had that kind of creativity like Jeff. Maybe I will someday. I'm I'm dabbling. Honestly, just, I mean, some of it, I guess, is talent, but, you know, it's a lot of it's just repetition and making a whole bunch of mistakes. (laughs) I made a lot of bad, ugly stuff in my day. Bad, ugly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, could not believe that I made that video um, intro ad for the Arise Women. Yeah, that was really good. It. That was good. Oh yeah. my gosh. It was like totally Holy Ghost because yeah. at the end of it, I was about to throw my phone against the wall. <laughs> like I can't do this anymore. Yeah, Jesus, I, help me. Yeah. But I, I thought it turned out good. really good. So It did turn out really good. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well, that kind of ties into the message today, doesn't it? Yeah. It was- so cool because I like um, the Lord's been sort of he does this thing like around this time of year. He always gives me prophetic sight for like the year that's coming. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I actually really love that he does that um, other people might be kind of freaked out about. I'm not, though, is that he will always tell me the name of the enemy that myself, my ministry, and really the body of Christ is going to be coming up against in the year to come. Hmm. And he tells me so that I can begin to research that particular spirit. So like, he'll usually give me like a name and then I'll begin to do my little hyper fixation thing where I go deep and down all these rabbit trails to figure trails to figure out like what exactly he's saying about that particular entity so that I can be aware when it's coming against me or when I feel it coming against the body of Christ so that I can release prophetic strategy, right. To, to Mm -hmm. stand and to overcome. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
then today, so he gave me a name last week. Um, I've been having like a crazy amount of dreams here lately, which is super cool. And it's so sweet of God because, you know, when we get like really busy and we're spinning all these plates and like we're like, I'm used to having lots of visions, but when I have visions, it's because I have time to sit and like soak in the Lord's presence right. in your chair. Don't you sit in a chair, a specific yeah, chair? my yeah. rocket ship. Yeah, your and, rocket. <laughs> yes. And, um, but I have not had that kind of time during the day. And so at night it's like, I've been having so many dreams and, uh-huh. uh, it's been so encouraging that, um, and it's like right on point, like exactly what I need when, when I need it. And, um, so I had a dream today while I was taking a nap illumination called me and I had woken up this morning and I'm like, you know what? I just had like 50 of my Elisha's mantle mentoring crew come in and we had this wild, amazing Christmas dinner. And so this is in real life. Is this in this the dream? Is in or real is this real life? No, okay. That's <laughs> like, so this was my weekend. I literally yeah. hosted all these people. It was a Holy Ghost blowout. We had a yeah. massive, ugly sweater, ugly Christmas sweater right. party. Right. Um, nobody wanted to leave my, I call them my EMMers. Um, they're like, it, this has really turned into like a family on fire for Jesus. It's not it's not just a mentoring group. It's like actually a community. Nobody wanted to leave. Right. So we're there until like three o'clock in the morning. The next day I had to get up early and meet um, my other spiritual daughter to go to my first NFL game. And cause her husband is a Browns coach, go Browns and Israel Wolfork. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, um, yeah. Right on. I don't, yeah. Cool. I don't know anything about sports. I don't either. <laughs> I was just happy to be there and support them yeah. and root them on or whatever. But yeah. um, that was really exhausting. And so I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to bed. I got my okay. kid off school, went back to bed. And then I had another dream. Sweet. And I'm like, oh, that's that's what I'm supposed to talk about today. So the the strategy of the enemy um, right now, but I feel like it's going to be one that we are going to be up against in 2023 is going to be a spirit of discouragement. Hmm. And um, well, really quick, it's really interesting. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just, I, I feel like maybe it's worth pointing out now um, is that I don't know about you, but I feel like what I've noticed within people who are, are at the tip of any kind of spear that can be my platform, that can be what you're doing, that can be Steve, that can be someone else. I, this isn't like a one size fits all thing, but I often find that, you know, if you're leading the charge, you're going to get hit first with something. Mm-hmm. And if you're leading people in any fashion, that is a indicator of what's going to come with all the people that's following you because I can say this part, um, we were talking backstage that I, so when I saw this and hearing you say this, I got hit with the discouragement, I think would probably mark a lot of what I've been experiencing lately, um, within the past couple of months, which is an indicator of, um, what's going to come for 
maybe the people that I'm any anybody that's following us, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. So I wasn't gonna share about the one thing, but I think I'm going to now just because you brought that specific thing up. So mm -hmm. um the Lord spoke to me the name Gilgamesh. Interesting. Yeah. Um okay. And he was doing it on repeat, like a broken record. And, you know, I don't know about you, but repetitive noises get on my nerves. And so I was like, okay, what is it? You know, like, all right, I get it. Um, and I'm like, I really need to know what that is. When I, I knew when he was, when he said it, um, that it was, that it was like an angel. I knew that it was some kind of spiritual being. I had a feeling it was a fallen angel or like an enemy, but I'm like, I've never, I've heard the word before, but it's not mentioned anywhere in scripture. So I start researching and I find out that just as I had discerned, it is a fallen angel or actually he, he probably would have been classified. It would have been like the spirit of a Nephilim because he was supposedly the daughter or the son of a earthly king before the time of Noah and um, Asherah. Interesting. Yeah. So this is the Gilgamesh, like from like, I think from like Hindu, are you talking about that? Or are you just saying that he shares the same name? He was a Samaritan demigod and, you know, spirits, they are, they're eternal. So although he was a man, and this is something that we don't see when we read like our version of scripture, right? But when God told the Israelites to go into the land and to annihilate all the people, like to take out all the men, all the women, and all mm -hmm. the children, it was because their DNA had been defiled because there had been an interbreeding with fallen angels and these men and that's what created the giants like goliath and so god was saying you have to wipe them out because they are they're corrupting they're an abomination yeah. and they will defile all of flesh and they will be a pain they'll be a thorn in your flesh is what he said and so we you know if you don't know the goodness of god you read that and you think like oh my gosh, wow, like God's saying to wipe out this whole- Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. People group. and yeah. But you have to understand it was because of, you know, there was other things at play there that we don't necessarily get. Sure. Because God is good. And so it was really God's mercy and his, his justice. And it was for the protection of all humanity um, because, you know, these spirits have fallen- uh, angels, they cannot, they cannot be saved, right? Um, they are totally corrupt and they've been cast out. And so, um, and actually there's a lot of extra biblical history and at documentation that it was the fallen sons of God, these fallen angels that actually taught humanity how to sin and, and taught them, um, all sorts of things, including like abortion and all that, like that they were the ones that taught humans how to, how to do those things. And that is why in the days of Noah, you know, all flesh had been corrupted and there had to be a complete wipeout of everything. And the reason why Noah had found favor with the Lord was not only did he have a relationship with God, but he was also, his DNA was not defiled. And so like he was, he was, his DNA was pure. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and y'all can do your own research on that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> My focus is on talking about um, a, the, a specific spirit or a principality who comes after the body of Christ. Um, because just like Jezebel was a human, had a body, there was a principality, right, that occupied her because of evil, because of witchcraft. And now we have this, you know, it's it's still active, right? Still active today. Um, so this thing, Gilgamesh, he's, he's a fallen son of God. And uh, I was just praying in the spirit and asking the Lord to really give me insight on how this dude operates. And uh, I actually reached out to Micah Turnbow and I'm like, Hey, Micah, like, um, what do you know about this guy? Cause I, you know, you're the angel person. I'm, I encounter angels, but not like he does. And, uh, he got a hold of me a couple days later, but it confirmed what I felt like the Lord was telling me, which was that this particular principality um, was after the apostolic or after the leaders, the ones that are like paving and charging the way forward, right? But if it gets in, if it gets in the head, it gets in the body. And so a lot of times, like you said, you know, us leaders were, we're on the front lines of the warfare. And so it'll come, we have to conquer that thing first in our own lives before then we're able to share the spoils of war per se to the people. Right. Yeah. Um, and guys, this is why you need to be a blessing to your leaders because right. we take blows y'all. We take blows that you won't ever have to walk through. No. Um, because we, we love you and we love Jesus. And, um, so think about that. You know, we, a lot of people in leadership and pray for your leaders guys, cause they go through things secretly, um, that, you know, nobody else knows the war behind the scenes, right? Like everybody sees the platform, they see the lights and the, you know, the glory and, and all that, but they don't see the warfare and the sacrifice um, behind the scenes to walk in that level of anointing and power right. and authority. Yeah. But so essentially Gilgamesh comes after the ox. There's a story um, of this guy where he uh, he kills a, a bull. And so uh, Micah had told me, wow, he was like, it was so funny the way he answered. He said this, he's like, that's really interesting. Christy. He's like, what are you building? He's like, I'm so excited to hear what, what, a, what is this new thing that you're doing that you've attracted the attention of, of this guy? Because he comes after apostles mm -hmm. who are, you know, who are building things and the assignment is is to wear them out and to cause discouragement. And um, I was like, wow, okay. So I had another dream where I saw one of my uh, EMM members who his, he's amazing, but I knew from the beginning that he was called out to be an apostle, which that is the, the ox anointing, right? The bull anointing. And his name means crown. And so we're the bride of Christ, we're the crown, we're his crown, the royal mm -hmm. diadem in his hand, we're the overcomers, right? Um, and 
I saw that this fallen angel, he looked like a, a matador or like a bullfighter. Uh-huh. And I saw the apostolic um, anointing or a person that was an ox fighting this matador and kept trying to charge this enemy, but would miss and was wearing himself out. And as he wore himself out, his head began to sag. And um, I was like, oh no, like his heart is exposed. And that's, and I found out this is true that when you're bullfighting, you want to wear the bull out till it can't hold its head up anymore. And then when it puts its head, head down, its shoulder blades open up and there's a straight path through the shoulder to hit the heart. And that's how the matador takes out the bull Hmm. with his sword. And that's how he wins the bullfight. It's, really grotesque actually yeah Um, yeah really grotesque. (laughs) but a great great illustration of what you're talking about right and the lord was saying that um in this this season that that was the assignment of the enemy was to get us to um fall into discouragement by um failure what is like perceived failure right like we keep trying to go after the same thing and because every time we do it we didn't hit the mark um it becomes discouraging and then we you know essentially our heads go down in discouragement and depression and then that's when the enemy can come with a killing blow and completely take us out of our prophetic destiny and our assignment Um, and so I was like, man, okay. Uh, so in this season and in the year to come, I really believe with like, even the direction of the nation and and how things are going. And, you know, one, I don't watch the news because it is very disheartening. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like that is before the breakthrough, um, we, we're going to come up against some things and we're just going to have to learn how to keep pressing through, how to stay faithful and not grow weary and well-doing, right? Learn how to really like David did encourage ourselves in the Lord and continue to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and to move forward, like no matter what it looks like. And, um, if we don't give up, then we're going to see a victory. Um, the Lord was also talking to me about, you know, the 2023. And I just kept seeing the number 23 everywhere. So I'm asking God, well, what does 23 stand for biblically? And he pointed me to Psalm 23. And I realized that there was like this scriptural pattern, like in the Bible where 23 is related to death. Like whenever God's going to announce death, like the number 23 mm-hmm. is announced. Um, or he it comes with a Bible verse related to 2323. And then even in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because you are with me. Yeah. So 23 in the negative represents um, death, but in the positive, it represents the manifest presence of God, Um, which is appropriate, right? Because when we depart from our bodies and natural death, then we'll go to be present with the Lord. Say that part again with the 23. Just say that part again. Yeah. So in the negative 23 has to do with death. 
it's like a death announcement, but in the positive, it has to do with the manifest presence of God. Mm. So, um, yeah, which makes sense because when we depart, we'll be present with the Lord. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I felt like that meant a couple of things that like in 2023, we're going to see, um, we're probably going to see more death, (laughs) more, just more, you know, I I don't like that. I don't like that report. Um, Mm -hmm. and this is why us as believers need to already be dead to our, ourselves. We need to be dead to ourselves, dead to sin so that we can manifest God's presence to those who are perishing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And it's even 23 minutes in right now. That's crazy. Whoa. Okay. So fear of God just came on me there. (laughs) Um, And we also, I feel like it's going to be a a Psalm 23 year where, you know, he is going to be our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. He's our good shepherd. He's going to lead us into paths of righteousness. I believe this is going to be a year where um, the ancient pathways of holiness and righteousness are going to be discovered and we need to walk in them. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And it's n- the narrow way. Hmm. And um, so I feel like for those of us in the church, like there is going to be great joy and, and celebration in his manifest presence. And, but there is, there is like a severity on this year to, hey, wherever you have been walking in a crooked, wicked way, right? Wherever you have been in agreement with like perversion, but the word perversion means to be twisted or winding. You need to get right with God and you need to get on the straight and narrow because that is the only way. Like there's, there's not, yes, there's going to be grace, but if you want to know that you're covered by the blood, you need to stay within the boundaries of the bloodline. Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I had asked, I've asked the Lord before, why is it that like, you know, stuff can happen, like bad stuff can happen to Christians when they're pleading the blood all the time. And he said, well, honey, if they're, if their lives aren't, you know, if I'm not Lord of their lives in these different areas, you know, then they're, they're outside of my blood covering. Mm-hmm. And that's why holiness and righteousness is so important. So we need to get rid of the the sins, the toxins, the, yeah. you know. So like, okay, I want to kind of stop here for a second because I know that there's going to be people who are going to be like, but yes, but what about like, I literally have confessed every possible sin. Like I, I but they're still experiencing you know, negative things. What about, what about those people? Cause I'm, I'm really curious to what, what you have to say. Cause there are some people who, yeah, like bad things happen and they're like pleading the blood all the time, but their lives are out of alignment. They really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are those times where, I mean, I, is it just that sometimes we just have to go through hard stuff? Like, you know, it's like, what if you're like, I am pleading the blood, but also like this person you could you could analyze their life and go, yeah, here's the areas where they're obviously still 
being sanctified. They're still developing, but they're they're making measurable, you know, steps towards improvement in those areas and allowing the Lord the Lord to take over. But there's nothing glaring in their life that you could go, there it is. There's an area that you haven't let go of yet. You get you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've noticed that like in those things, that's usually like a mindset. Like they have like because really, I mean, and here's the deal, guys, is that like we think that sin is a behavior, but it is not. It is a heart posture. Okay. The word sin means to fall short. The same like an arrow that doesn't, you know, you don't have the power to hit the the bullseye, right? Mark, yeah. Hit the mark. And so you fall short of the mark. Well, you have to know what the mark is. What is the mark? Well, if you have a Hebrew uh, understanding of the word sin and what it means to fall short and what the greatest command was, you know that the mark is is God and God is love. And that is the Hebrew understanding. So sin means to fall short of God's perfect love. And the Ten Commandments are separated in the five ways we love God, the five ways that we love um, people. And so, and the greatest command Jesus left us with was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So if we're looking at sin in people's lives as a behavior, right? Like, you know, obvious stuff like, oh my gosh, they're watching pornography. They're angry. You know, they're committing adultery. They lie. You know, those are really just fruits of a a heart that has not been perfected by God's love. Yeah. And that is is really rooted in self-centeredness. And so I know people that, you know, unfortunately, I know people that are in ministry and operate in the gifts like really powerfully. And there is still sin in their lives because the heart motive behind why they are doing ministry is not pure. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? So like Mm -hmm. if they're doing it for their own sense of importance or validation, they're doing it um if if they're doing it to garner attention or finances or um and they're not doing it because they desire to be a laid down lover for Jesus um but they're doing it for self-centered motives that's sin um and eventually that stuff is is going to you're going to see that all all over their lives you're going to see it in broken relationships you're going to see it in you know failings and and fallings and um now there there are times where we will come up against opposition uh and we have pure hearts and we have pure motives and sometimes those things are happening because we make bad choices you know, um, that's hard to hear, but it's super true. Like, okay, are you doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Because that's, that's insane. That's literally the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're seeing that there are cycles in your life of dysfunction, then that speaks to me that like, Hey, there's an underlying, like a lie that you believe there, there's some fear there. And Jesus wants to address that. He wants to get it out of your heart, right? Um, So that you can 
produce more of his character and his nature. Then there are also generational curses. And um, there are, I mean, it, it can get kind of complicated, but I, I really, even with generational curses, I believe that all of that is really simple to take care of. Um, I don't think that it has to be a grandiose, like, naming out demons and strong men and stuff. I think it's like, okay, well, God, you, if this is how this thing manifests in my family line and I see it happening in mine, God, I'm going to make a conscientious effort to come out of agreement with that, not only with my mindset, but with my behavior. Okay. I'll give you an example, everybody. You want examples and you know me, I'm pretty transparent. Um, I, for the longest time, had issues with commitment, uh, which is a thing that a lot of guys have issues with. But specifically in my family, there's been a, a lot of divorce. Um, and I would always get to the point in this relationship, uh, in relationships, where I would I would get so uncomfortable that I just want out for no reason. Just like, I want out. And when I met Lauren, I, I had got it done a lot in me between the last relationship I was in and Lauren to be able to recognize this. And um, because it started with, I was dating someone and there was nothing wrong with her. She's a great girl, godly, loved Jesus, but I, I wanted out. And I, I, I was really, I always took that as because it's the strongest emotion in me. That means that God doesn't want me to be with her. And it was so wrong. And I ended up getting that revelation after the fact. I apologized to her. I said, look, like that was not God. Um, and and so I really kind of, God walked me down this path of understanding why, why, why that is. And, and there's a lot of healing that happened in the process. But when it came to dating Lauren, I was faced with the same feelings of like, get out, just get out. Um, and I... I stopped and I said, hold on. This is every time I get to this point, I, I walk away mm -hmm. and I said, God, and I just prayed and I felt peace to, to endure and to press through and be like, I'm going to move in the opposite of what I've always done, recognizing that this is something that, and I just felt something break off of me. Um, and Lauren and I, now we've been married for 11 years and we have a really healthy marriage we're happy we you know she's been on the show we share relationship tips and stuff thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give but it was me having to recognize that even with myself and and walk in, in a different so sometimes it's not even like to what kind of what you're saying it sometimes it's not like you know this prayer this crazy prayer session you feel something leave you and sometimes it's you may feel a little bit of that, but then there's a, a knowing of what you're supposed to do versus what you've been doing. Yeah. And that you have, what you need is, is the strength to endure and the courage to actually look, whatever this is head on and deal with it. Head on deal with it. That, that is a big thing. I, you know, the man, I feel the anointing on that so strong. Yeah. Because we, we in the church, man, it, it drives me crazy. I see such a hyper fixation on demons 
Yeah. Like I, I, there are ministries that talk more about demons than they talk about Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just get real here. And nowhere in scripture did Jesus really give demons the time of day. I think the only time that demons like were even allowed to speak, um, it was to teach us something about the spirit realm. Um, and, and that was it. You know what I mean? Um, otherwise I don't, like even in revelation, it says that in the last day, when we see Satan, it's, he's a worm. And he said, everyone is going to see, this is the guy, like, this is the one that troubled the saints. Like that he does not demons love attention and whatever you're focusing on is what you are going to manifest Mm -hmm. because humans are made like that. We become what we behold. So our, our focus, our attention should always be on Jesus and Jesus is brave. He's courageous. His heart is always open. He's not, uh, he's not hidden. He doesn't run away from challenge. Actually, he runs, he runs towards the, the challenge he ran towards the cross. He fixed his face like Flint towards Jerusalem when he knew he was getting ready to go die an agonizing death because we were the joy that was set on the other side of the cross for him. He was looking at the victory on the other side of the crucifixion. Mm. And yet we as believers are hyper fixated on, on demons because it's easier for us to blame everything on a demon than to take responsibility for our own inner healing. Uh, okay. Yep. I have, if, if you are having to come every week to your pastor and have the same demon cast out of you, let me just tell you right now, Mm -hmm. you have a soul wound and you believe lies and you need counseling and inner healing. You don't need no more deliverance. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to put that right there. Like, let's let's get real into the point it's time for the body of christ to get healed we need to get our soul wounds yeah and and to add to that there's also the flip side where someone someone gets prayer and they're like i need to get a demon out of me because i have this bad it's i I keep i keep looking at porn okay we'll use that as an example i need to get this demon cast out of me and they keep and nothing happens i'm like Sometimes you just need to master your flesh. Like sometimes it's just that like, and like, you don't have a demon. Like you've had is you've had like the most anointed people pray over you and nothing happened. It's because you need, it's like we, sometimes we were, we're looking for an easy way out. And sometimes the easy way out for some people is, Oh, I'll get deliverance. Boom. Done. Then I don't have to do anything and it'll just be done. And sometimes God's like, well, like I talk about this a lot on the show. Sometimes like sometimes going through the thing is like, we get so fixated on the thing. I want to become free from pornography or I want to, I want to, I want to see this thing that God spoke over me fulfilled. And I'm just waiting for that. And we make it so much about the arrival, uh, where we're going to arrive at mm-hmm. when it's actually like always looking back. It's been the the process of point A to point B that, that space in between that are the things I've ended up cherishing the most in terms of what I've learned. So going through something hard, and being like, God, I don't want to go. Th- I don't want this to be over if I haven't gotten what you wanted me to get out of this, yes. which is a horror. I mean, like, you don't want to redo it. Like, you don't. 
So just like, <laughs> you right. <don't. laughs> and you know what, Jeff, that's such a good point because I've realized too, like, because we are so afraid of going through process and because we're terrified of our own emotions mm -hmm. come on, like people are so afraid of like not feeling good or hurting somebody's feelings or getting their feelings hurt. They, it's like the Israelites in the wilderness. You will wander around that same mountain until you deal with it. There has got to be a point of crossing over for the believer. But if you have doubt and you have unwillingness, you're not going to enter into your promised land. And so, you know, I know uh, for me, like a couple examples smoking cigarettes. I used to love smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. It was like a nice little break in my day and whatever. But when God set me free from, um, from drugs, I began to get really convicted about smoking cigarettes because I knew that it was a spirit of, a, there was a spirit of addiction that was behind it. Now I went through inner healing and deliverance and I, I went through the deliverance and I remember not even having a desire to smoke, but my physical body was still addicted to nicotine. And so I had to, I had a couple, you know, tries and fails at, you know, being able to quit. And then finally, I made a decision. I went before the Lord. I'm like, look, I, I feel like this is hindering my relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Now here, I'm going to kind of blow some minds. Okay. Because what will hinder our relationship with God is a seared conscience. If we do not know that we are innocent in the sight of God, of our sins, then we are not able to turn to him in intimacy because we will be clothed in shame. Mm. Okay. And so for a lot of times when I pray, I ask God to, you know, forgive me of all my sins known and unknown. A lot of times I just, I do that and I invite him to, to show me any wicked way in me and, you know, reveal my, the, the cares of my heart and whatever to give me clean hands and pure heart. Mm -hmm. I do that. So that when I enter into his presence or I'm doing some high level warfare stuff, there's no open doors for the enemy, number one. And number two, my conscience is clear hmm. and I can actually stay sensitive when I do sin because when there's an ongoing sin that we continue to live with, we become hardened to it. Like our hearts become hard. And that's when the Bible says that. God turns us over to our wickedness and to our sin, right? So we want to make sure that our hearts are always, we're always being diligent to, to care for our hearts, but we need to have that clear conscience. So I'm, I told the Lord, I feel ashamed and I feel like I'm not innocent because I'm still addicted to cigarettes and I need you to help me. And he said, I'll give you a plan. And it kind of aggravated me because I realized that it was going to take work on my part. <laughs> like I wanted like right now, instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Don't want to deal with this garbage. Yeah. Ah, dang. I'm going to have to go through Nick Fitz, you know, but I'm so grateful that I listened and I obeyed and I walked through that hard process, but I had to have a plan. I had to have, um, one, I had to have a course of action. So like for me, I needed to make sure that my car had a full tank of gas, um, 
the day that I decided that I wasn't going to smoke again because I didn't want to stop at a gas station and be tempted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So to avoid the threat of temptation, I said, well, I'm not going to go to the place that offers temptation. And then I had to have accountability. I had a community of people. I think I even posted it on Facebook. I said, hey, um, to all my church friends and all my friends in the recovery program that I was in at the time, I said, I've made a decision that I'm no longer going to smoke cigarettes. So if you see me out and I ask you for a cigarette, I'm asking you ahead of time to tell me no and to keep me accountable to this decision that I've made with God. Um, and then I would make sure that if I, you know, I even quit smoking in a house with smokers. I just want to throw that out there. Nothing is impossible. Right. Okay? Yeah. It's not. It's your willingness. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when we're trying to get through things or we're trying to get set free from like temptation, f- failure to overcome a uh, temptation to sin is one of the number one causes of discouragement. So like if we keep trying to get set free of something and then like pornography Mm -hmm. and then we fall into temptation, we feel guilt, we feel shame, you know, and then we get discouraged. And then eventually if we allow that spirit of discouragement to speak louder than the Bible, than God, you know, Jesus, when he says that all things are possible for those who are in Christ, that nothing is impossible for us, right? That we are overcomers, that we're conquerors, that we're the head, we're not the tail, we're above, we're not beneath, right? Like that sin and and its power over us has been destroyed, right? Like right. we have to, that voice has to be louder than the voice of Gilgamesh, the, yeah. the, the spirit of discouragement that says, oh, you're never going to get through this. You're always going to be this way. There's right. no hope, right? Just, just give up, you know? And you know what, guys, that is the same voice of the spirit of suicide. Hmm. Every wow. single person that has committed suicide has been discouraged, has given up, right? And has tried to end it all because they believed the lie that life was never going to get any better. I know that voice. I lived with that voice for almost 20 years, guys. Wow. See, and in Christ, there is all, like, as long as we have breath in our long, in our lungs and we have Jesus on our side, there is always hope of a better tomorrow. But if we give in to that voice of despair and hopelessness and discouragement, then we solidify any any advantage that we would have over the enemy. It's it's neutralized. It's done and it's over with. And so we have to be very careful to guard our heart against that discouragement. You know, I speaking about temptation, I just feel like the Lord wants me to bring this up is, you know, Scripture tells us that he will never give us more than what we can. Well, no, the Bible does say he will give us more than we can handle. Okay. Because he it's, it's not more than what he can handle. Yeah. All right. So, but against 1013. 
Yes, but that right, you want me to read it? I'll read it. Read it. Yeah, instead of me quoting. No temptation has overtaken you except uh, what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So there's I had that highlighted. Boom. That's from my youth, my days of my youth. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so he, whenever you're tempted, he will always provide a way of escape. And that's, that's how you get out of it. You know, like, and it is controlling your flesh, finding a way of escape. One of the great ways that I was able to find a way of escape was, um, I would focus on just the moment that I was in. Mm. I I would, you know, uh, recovery programs say just for today, right? Like, and yeah, Jesus said that too. Like, why worry about tomorrow? Today has enough worries yep. of its own. Like, so just stay in the day, stay in the moment, you know, say, well, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I'm not going to pick up a cigarette or for the next 15 minutes, I'm not going to look at that thing on the screen, right? Like, and if you got to do it, break it down into every five minutes, whatever gets you through. And then another yeah, you can thing. set a timer on your phone. Just say, yeah. you know, hey, Siri said, I'm saying it quiet so she doesn't hear me. Hey, Siri, <laughs> set a timer for 15, 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that. And then also um, calling people being of service. Like I would, I would call people and I would just get distracted in a conversation or I'd get distracted in a hobby. I would get distracted in reading. Hobby is um, a good thing, man. Be creative. Go be creative people. Like, yes. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's so funny back then the, my, the thing I was struggling with was really, you know, a desire to use drugs um, because I, it takes 40 days to rewire your brain, guys. Like if you've been doing something for for years, you've got neuropathways and and physiological um, things that are wiring you to continue staying in that cycle that needs to be broke by intentionally doing the opposite for at least 40 days. They say, mm -hmm. if you do something for at least 40 days, you can uh, start a new habit, you know, um, and literally, and you rewire your neuro network. It's, it's brilliant. Like the back in Bible days, nobody knew about, you know, neurotransmitters or dopamine or serotonin or, you know, neuro networks. They didn't know about any of that stuff. And Paul used this incredible word strongholds, which a stronghold is a neuro pathway that leads you in back to cycles of sin. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have transformational thinking. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The whole thing, all of the warfare happens between our ears, y'all. I yep. mean, that's, that's the battleground. Yeah. So if you're whatever thoughts or, um, perspectives or, um, emotions or perceptions that we have that, are leading us to hopelessness, are leading us to despair, are leading us to discouragement and cause us to want to give up. 
all of those things are just thoughts that are rooted in a lie that can be transformed as we renew our minds and meditate on God's word and on his goodness. And that's how you get delivered from discouragement Mm. is you learn how to stay encouraged in the Lord, you know? So, so failure, um, is one way that, or one of the big ways that people experience discouragement. Um, another is, um, fear, constantly being afraid. Mm. Um, and then, and that, that again, that's rooted in a lie too. I mean, really it is all rooted into a lie. We just got to get our, our minds right. That's we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to think God thoughts and God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Like our, when we are thinking things, um, looking at, you know, ground level, or at the, at the mud, one of my, um, EMMers, she was saying, uh, over the weekend, like I had, she was bouncing off of a prophetic word that I had given another one of our EMMers about walking through mud. Um, or no, I'm sorry. This was, um, Kyle. He was talking about when you're looking down and you're walking through mud, like all you can see is the muck and the mess. But when we lift our heads up to the Lord, we, we can see where our help comes from and that eventually that, that mud puddle has an end date. Like it has Mm -hmm. an expiration date and we're going to get through it on the other side. And the beautiful thing about walking in the mud is that usually we have boots on, right? So it, it doesn't even, it's not even meant to get on us. We can take those boots off. You know what I mean? And it doesn't, that part of our past, that thing that we walked through in the past doesn't have to continue to speak into our future. Mm -hmm. So discouragement or family issues can be another thing that cause discouragement, right? Um, Especially when we feel like we're out of control um, and we see um, our loved ones hurting and maybe they don't have a relationship with Jesus like we do. Um, I've noticed that it's hard for me personally to have hope about things that are close to me, right? When you're stuck in the situation on your own, it's hard to see the silver lining or to even know how to pray or prophesy over somebody really close to you. That's really struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I do in that situation is that I will reach out to other people to help me pray or to help me see the light that's good in that situation like to give me fresh perspective prophetic perspective um regarding that situation i've also noticed too that when people are very emotionally overwhelmed and they have not processed their emotions um there's usually like a hyper fixation on the offense like on what they feel like broke them. Mm. Right. And when you hyper fixate on, on the hurt, you're not ever going to be able to move into healing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like ever. Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes guys, like it is 
sometimes the hurt is so complicated you just have to make a decision that it is under the blood now yeah and you have to move on like i've i've met people i've done one-on-one deliverance and inner healing calls with people you know and people that have legitimately been like victims right and you know sometimes it was by like a parent and they just want to know why like why did that happen like why did they do that how could they do that to me because that's not what what a parent should ever do to a child and it's like the answer that you give them is never going to really satisfy what they feel like their soul needs and mm-hmm. The reason why is because sin. We live in a fallen world. And even if you knew the inner workings of that person's mind and and heart and soul, at the root of it, it's oftentimes because that person was self-centered and they, they did not have a revelation of how much they were loved. And so they did not know how to love their Well, Yeah. And even, even, um, Sometimes it's like letting go, forgiving, releasing them. You can get trapped in this cycle of like, ah, if, if, if I could, if I could understand the why behind what they did, then I could heal. And like you were saying, very seldom is it good enough. Like you could still find yourself in this place of viewing them as less than human because you're like, how could they do this? They're, they did this great hurt to me. But releasing it, regardless of the not knowing the why, you get the healing that you're actually looking for. And then sometimes the revelation comes after. Like, yes, this is why. But but you were in a place, God knew you weren't in a place to be able to even accept the truth behind why they did what they did. And through healing, you could see things clearly. And then he reveals it to you. Cause then you view them as a human, you're free of this thing and you can look at it objectively versus being in the swamp and then being, you know, presented with the, the solution or the why behind why they did it. Right. Exactly. And then I've also had people say, well, you know, why should I forgive them? You know, mm. like, and it's like, because Jesus, Jesus forgave you and, and sin is sin is sin across the board. I mean, the the cross leveled the playing field Mm -hmm. and you know you do it not just because christ forgave you but because you're releasing yourself from the ungodly soul tie that binds you to that trauma um and to that person that caused that wound um you know and how you know that there's an ungodly soul tie connected to because we create soul ties um, through deep emotional encounters or through uh, physical intimacy, right? Mm, yeah. And so I was just telling my my mentoring group just a few weeks ago that because I do such I do so much ministry, um, and it's on lives and videos, and people are continuing to have deep emotional encounters with me digitally. Right. Mm-hmm. That one of the things that I pray for every single day is to break ungodly soul ties mm-hmm. um, because people are having emotion, deep emotional encounters with me as I'm ministering on things. And 
it will get to the point, and I had this happen earlier. Um, and when I started doing all of this, was I would literally feel my followers wanting me to go live, like wanting me to do ministry or wanting me to answer messages um, or wanting me to get on emails and stuff. Mm -hmm. And if I did that, my entire life would be consumed by everybody else's problems and prayer requests. And I'm just one person. I can't do that. My job is to point people to him, not to me. Um, And if you're looking for an answer, you're looking for healing. You don't need Chris Alicia. You need Christ. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll, you'll have what you seek, but I could feel that. And I'm like, God, why do I feel that? It's so unmanageable. And I know I don't have grace to do that, you yeah. know? And he would say, you need to sever ungodly soul ties, but pain will le- will create soul ties too, because it's a deeply emotional situation that occurred where, when you feel betrayed, when you feel victimized, whatever, And the only thing that can sever that is to release forgiveness and to release yourself from that situation to be able to move forward. And then, like you said, when you get to that place, um, you are able to see everything in hindsight. Absolutely. And then God uses it all for our good. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to release that breakthrough to other people, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that can cause discouragement is fatigue. Yeah. So, um, you know, David with the relationship issue, like King David, he had all of his mighty men want to stone him. And then, you know, he went and hid in the cave and encouraged himself in the Lord. And the Lord said, go and pursue your enemy for you shall recover all. Like that's a solution for some of you guys dealing with the relational stuff. Right. And, you know, maybe you're accused of the same thing over and over and over again. I had a season where I went through that. I was being accused over and over and over again of, (laughs) I laugh at it now because I know what it means in hindsight. Right. I was accused of being Jezebel over and over and over again, which is hilarious. And, um, I'm like, God, why does this attack keep coming at me? Mm -hmm. Why am I always accused of this? And um, the Lord began to give me a download that Jezebel is a spirit of broken covenant. And he said, you, um, he said that, that spirit of broken covenants um, doesn't want to be exposed by you because you are a woman of covenant. And, and he said, and you're going to, um, you're going to covenant my people back to me, um, and back to my purpose. And so when I realized that, um, everything made sense. Um, but I had to, in that season, learn how to go before the Lord. I had to share with him what was on my heart, right? Like I had to acknowledge what I was feeling. And then I had to share it with him. This is a word for somebody. When you're going through things, you have to acknowledge what you're feeling first. And then you have to share it with him. And then you have to remember what he says. Like, especially when your character is under attack or your heart is under attack. or people are 
falsely accusing you, like, what does God say about you? Hmm. Now, I always, when something comes up, I will listen um, and I will go and I'll pray and I'll ask the Lord, like, hey, if that's in me, would you please show me? Because I don't want that in me. I want to look just like you, Jesus. You are the most beautiful among 10,000. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Um, And so I, I'll examine myself too. Um, And then I'll repent where I need to repent. But we have to remember what God says about us. And and not fall into accepting the enemy's report because just because somebody says something does not make it true. Right. Um, and we need to ask for help, get into a community of people that will speak into your life. Mm -hmm. You know, that was another thing like, and Jeff, there was a couple situations where, you happen to be that person that I could come and I could just, I took it to the Lord. I acknowledge this. I took it to the Lord. I prayed, you know, and then, okay, I, I just need some other eyes and ears to, to say, Hey, like if there is something there, one, I need to invite them into my life to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then two, if there's not, I mean, I need them. I still need them there. And then I need wisdom in how to navigate the situation. Right. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys are taking notes with this. I am. This is great. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, and then in that too, with the relational thing, and I don't know why I'm just going with that people assuming your heart thing, because that is very hurtful, Right. Oh yeah, that's that's a big that that stings. Yeah, that. To have someone insult your character, uh, to insult your heart's intentions. That 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 stings. It really does. It hurts so bad because it they're minister they're trying to minister into your identity, mm-hmm. right? And like we know who we are in Christ. We know what Christ thinks about us. And we know when we do things, if we have any hidden motives or impurity or whatever. Um, But when we're being honest and genuine and loving people, and then we get an attack on our, on our character, on our identity, and it's not in alignment with, you know, who we know we are in Christ or even who we know that we have been in secret to the best of our abilities, it is very hurtful. Um, And, and we got to be really careful accusing people of things. You know, it's interesting. I, I hear Christians say a lot of times that we are not to judge. The Bible actually doesn't say that. It says that when you judge to judge righteously. Okay. This is controversial (laughs) because no one likes to hear this. Mm-hmm. Christians are supposed to be judge about what is sin and what is not sin. Okay. We are also to judge prophecy. We're to weigh it. The prophet, the prophecy is, is um, subject to the prophets because it should witness. Okay. Um, but when we judge, we are to judge righteously. Now, what does that mean? It means that we should be judging according to God's plumb line. And that we do it like God does it. 
We don't go and accuse. We don't point fingers. We go one-on-one to our brother and our sister and we say, hey, and we do it out of love, not out of condemnation, right? Not out of I'm right and you're wrong. We do it because we earnestly desire to see that person walk in the fullness of their calling and their destiny in Christ and to be free from the mindsets and behavior that causes pain and cycles of destruction in their lives, in the lives of those that love them and in their relationship with God, because the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you have, but you have to make sure that your heart is, is pure in that, you know, like I have people in my life where I'm like, Hey, if, if I sin, if you see me sin, you see me falling short of God's love or, you know, even I was even saying that I, at conferences, I've said something about myself that was not true. And I have stopped, instantly felt convicted, and I've repented in front of everybody. Like, actually, that's not true. And mm-hmm. and I am sorry for putting myself down in front of all of you, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not who I am. Um, so we got to be really careful as believers when we are assuming people's hearts. When we judge, (laughs) we are supposed to assume the best about that person's heart because we're judging them in the same perspective that Christ judges them, which is through his blood. Yeah. And it's to be in, hey, I'm not actually judging you. I'm actually releasing God's judgment on this thing in your life that doesn't belong there because that's not who you truly are. Right. Yep. And it should literally feel when you walk away from that, like somebody loved you so much, they were willing to take a bullet for you because better are kisses or I'm sorry, better is a rebuke from a, a brother than or kisses from a friend or something like that. What is it? And in Proverbs, help me, Jeff. I don't have all these scriptures in front of me. It's one of my husband's favorite. Or, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's what it is. Like, you know that somebody loves you when you've had a long relationship with them and they come to you and they're like, hey, like one-on-one, hey, this, I see this happening, man. Is your heart okay? Like, what's going on with your heart? (laughs) like, cause I want to, can we talk about that? Is there something I can pray with you? Um, rather than accusing them. Yeah. From a, yeah. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's Proverbs 27, six Nash for the win. Yeah. So that's Proverbs 27, six, 27, six. So you guys go read that. Um, I, I remember, um, there was a season in my life where God was, it was before I was doing ministry um, on a big scale, but um, it was when my mom was actually sick and I still had a lot of insecurity and I had a works mentality. It was almost like I had spent so many years of my life disappointing my parents Mm. um, that when I got saved, that kind of translated over into my relationship with God. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, there was like this 
thing in me where I needed my mom to see how much I was doing for the Lord and to recognize that I was anointed. And it kind of manifested in like self-promotion, right? And it was really pride and ego because I, I didn't, I didn't have the understanding that it was really from a deep wound of insecurity and rejection. And that that was my attempt to feel valid and, and important. Hmm. And when she passed away, the Lord revealed all of it to me. And I literally stayed on my face and I wept bitterly for weeks because I felt like so much of my time had been wasted with, you know, with my mom, like, because either I was out doing these things for the Lord, even if he hadn't necessarily called me to go do those things, um, or where I was allowing the, um, the fear of man to keep me in places when I should have been spending time with her or, you know, even leading conversations and things like that. And the, my pastor at the time, I went to him and, you know, as I'm going through this process and I'm, I'm grieving and I'm brokenhearted. And I said, you know, I told him what God had revealed in my heart, you know, that, and how, how I was really struggling because I had not seen it. And I will tell you, these words absolutely broke my heart. (laughs) He said, oh yeah, I saw all of that, but I didn't want to bring it to you. And so I just prayed for you. Wow. And I was like, you mean to tell me that as a leader in in my life and, and a shepherd over my soul, that you saw all these things and because you were afraid to hurt my feelings you didn't address these things with me Hmm. and I missed out on all this time. And I mean, and it was heartbreaking. Yeah. And so, um, I believe that when we love people, we reach out and we ask people, you know, how is your heart? You know, we open up the Bible with them. You know, we need discipleship, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so EMMR is fun. It's not fun to, to point out stuff, you know, like when I was in missions and I led teams, sometimes you have to point things out in people and it means that you're not the fun guy, you know, like all, all of a sudden the, the establishment of your role is made abundantly clear. And it means this person might not like me for a couple of days and we have to do ministry in a foreign country together (laughs) during that time, you know? Um, but I think ultimately what we're after is people being, if you are a steward in any way, if it's, if you're a parent, if you are a mentor, if you are the head of a ministry, if you are a boss, um, and you have a certain dynamic that's maybe a little bit more involved than just like, Hey, go mop the floor. Um, there's, it's like, you have a mandate to, and you're held accountable for those things. Uh, the Bible makes it very clear. Um, we need to be good stewards of our flock, of the people that we have in our lives. Yeah. So be encouraged. If I rebuke you, it's because I love you. Yeah. But I most of the time when I bring correction, people don't even realize that it's it's correction because 
when you're doing it with, with the father's heart, um, and his intentions for that person, that's what it's supposed to feel like. Right. And I think too, I think this is an important thing. This is not to toot my horn. I just think it's a good example. Um, there, I had a student when I was in, in YWAM, um, who came and he got kicked out of another school because he had an anger problem and he punched his leader. So he reapplied for a school and I just have a heart, like a heart for tough people like that. Um, and so I immediately said, I didn't even need to, like, I just heard it immediately in my spirit. Yes. We're supposed to bring him into the school. And the second I saw him, my heart broke for him because I realized this guy has been told that he's an idiot his entire life. And so at the end of every week, we have this thing because it's during the lecture phase, you like three months of lecture where you have like all these different speakers come in and, and then you have two to three months of outreach in a foreign country. So this is sort of like training phase, right? And at the end of every week, during the weekend, they process through, they get questions, they get asked and all this stuff. And he wasn't doing these. They're, we call them ITS. It stands for insights and teachings. Uh, so he wasn't doing his ITS. And rather than just there was still discipline that needed to happen as a result of him not doing it. But the Lord said, I want you to really hone in on this guy. And I just felt like I was really supposed to. So I did. And I realized this guy doesn't learn in a traditional way. He loves to talk and he'll talk to you, but he has a hard time sitting down and focusing. And so God said, I, what I want you to do is I want you to get his journal and I want you to hold it in front of you. I want you to ask him the questions and I want you to write them down. So I was his scribe and it was hilarious because he's just kind of a funny guy. Uh, and so I would write them down. And as a result of investing him in, in that way and listening to the Holy Spirit, this guy who had been told he's in, he's stupid his entire life is now a Bible teacher. Whoa! And he 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 leads his own YWAM base as a result, and it's not, it wasn't just me. I was one of many people that God used, but I sensed this guy is destined for something important. And the fact that he's been told he's an idiot his entire life actually says the opposite of how God intended him to be. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's you know he's married. Him and his wife teach Bible Bible schools. And they're, uh, you know, they, they run their own YWAM base. So it's just a testament to like, if we don't invest in people and, and, and speak the truth, I didn't hold back the truth from Hey man, you got to do this. Hey, and, but speaking tr the truth to him, open up the door to it, Cause it's not like he was like trying to be rebellious. It was like, he was operating of a place of insecurity and God <laughs> wants to course correct that. So, yeah. That is amazing. And Jeff, you've done that to me too, actually, because that I, you know, even being a leader, I'm still working through stuff. I'm same. You know, only 38. <laughs> same. I think I'm 38. Yes. I'm 38. I know. Right. When you get yeah. to like your thirties, it's like, wait, what? How old yeah. am I? Pretty sure I'm 38. Um, but I'm still working through stuff. And, you know, I think too, I'm actually really grateful that I can't be anybody but me. Um, I think that it's, I think that the feedback that I get with, you know, our, our viewers and, and people who follow our ministries is that when, when we are vulnerable and we're real, it gives them hope 
because they need to see that Jesus is still with us in process, that we're not super up here, you know, holier than thou, but like that God is still walking us through things, um, which means that wherever they're at, you know, God can still use them in really powerful ways. You know Uh what I mean? Um, But I had, oh my gosh, I had ADHD when I was a kid, had a terrible school career, had a horrible time sitting still and focusing. Um, I, I used to love to journal, but I would have like bouts of doing that and then not doing anything and couldn't get motivated to do anything. Um, and I was convinced that I was stupid and that I could not, there was no way I could write a book. There was no way I could teach, you know? And then God started exposing those lies. And I had even, we had dialogued about that. And I ended up writing my book and it, I, I got like 18 prophetic words that I had a book in me, you know, that I was going to write a book. I needed to hear that over and over and over and over again so that eventually I would believe it because faith mm-hmm. comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. And then when God did have me write the book, I was just journaling my encounters with him, my devotional unbreakable embrace. And then halfway through it, he says, oh, by the way, you're going to continue this and you're going to compile all these and write a devotional to release healing over my bride. And so he tricked me into writing a book. He Mr. miyagi do you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But now I know I can. So now I'm working on my second book. Come on. You know, and is it like an actual, is it, is it a, a book or is it in the devotional? It's like an a, actual book. It's like a book book. It's a book book. Check yeah. it out. Not it's, that the devotional wasn't a book. You get what I'm saying though. Yes. And yeah. it's it's all going to be about, it's literally about the um, the Garden of Eden and exposing the bitter roots that produce corrupted fruits and destroying corrupted harvests and um, speaking truth over your garden. And yeah. I haven't exactly, I had a couple different names for it, but um, more to come on that. And it's David is going to be helping with me. So, yes. Um, so that's exciting. So one thing I would like, just to kind of wrap this up, I really feel like the whole discouragement thing and what we've been talking about um, this whole episode uh, is, especially on the eve of 2023 and what God is, is wanting to release. There are people who we've talked about what God is going to do in the, in 2023. And there's different facets to that. Um, But one of them is that there's a lot of people that I feel like are moving into God desires for them to move into that thing that they've been longing for. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said before, um, I think last week I released like a portion of the word about how God wants to God wants to meet people in creativity and that people are reinterpret. God wants to reinterpret what creativity even means for a lot of people because they're so locked into a specific mode and like, I'm not creative, but it's such a, that's such a multifaceted thing. It can be so many different things. Um, And so, uh, but that in order to get from where you are now to that thing, because for some people they're like, Oh man, that so resonates with me. I got some feedback from that. And I saw that a lot. People were like, wow. Yeah. Um, that God wants to release healing. He wants to bring healing in order for, to, to make way for that thing that, that resonated in you. It's like this multi-step process, but I really feel like 
this is just um, God wants to prime us and get us ready to walk into what he has for us. And so in order to do that, sometimes we do need some deliverance. So we do need some healing. Yeah. You need to be set free from certain things in order for that to become a possibility. Yeah, no, that's so true. And the other thing is I've noticed that on it's that when God gives us big things and we're dreaming with him, that one of two things can happen. If we haven't gone through the process yet of preparation to where we can steward that thing mm -hmm. and we feel like um, we're trying to force it to happen, then it's because we haven't, we haven't gone through the process yet and, and we're not ready. Um, mm -hmm. And that can feel very discouraging when you're like, God, I know that I had this word from you. I, I, I thought that that was you, but for some reason, this thing isn't opening up into my life. Well, in fact, it actually has, but it's been the, the process of preparation has opened in your life. And then when you least expect it, that's when it's, it's going to be like, oh, that's what happened with me. Um, so, and it continues to happen with me. Um, I was just telling God, I'm so thankful for the process that he takes me through because if you do things prematurely, then that affects, that is going to affect the fruit, um, that remains and that is, is beneficial mm -hmm. to others. Right. I did want to bring up though, another reason for, um, discouragement can be fatigue. And that is something that we have to be very aware of that we need to have self-care. There's no, there's nothing wrong with us taking a break, having time to ourselves, acknowledging when we need to rest um, and having healthy boundaries and taking good care of our bodies, you know? Yes. Times a thousand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, um, there was a situation even today where uh, my son's teacher wanted me to be at school with him early and um, my husband could be there. And I, I knew that it wasn't, although they might've wanted me there, it wasn't necessary because David can, you know, refer everything to me and we, we have really good communication mm -hmm. and I prayed about it. And the Lord said, you need to rest. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, so then you're in the con, like the crosshairs of like, well, they're going to think I'm a bad mom because I'm not showing up, but you know, for, and it's like, but I have to listen and I have to obey the Lord and I have to make sure that I am healthy. Um, because if I'm not rested, if I haven't ate good food, if I'm not, if, you know, if they say this on airplanes, if an airplane is going down, what do you do? You don't put the oxygen mask on the person sitting next to you, get it on yourself first so that you're okay. And then you can help everybody else. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that's we, hard for some people like that. I will admit that is, that's a tough one for me to, yeah. cause I want to help people and I care about people and I want to, and I mean, I think this happened um, a couple of months ago. You were like, hey, I have this video project. Would you be willing to do it? And everything in me wanted to say yes. I know. I was I like, but I was, but I was so bogged down by other things. And I was like, in, uh, legit in my head was going, 
can I make this work? I think I can make this work. Yeah, no, if I really hurry through this thing, I think. It, and the, the Lord was like, stop, you say no. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I was so proud of you too, because, and I was like, well, Lord, why did you want me to ask him? Cause I had actually felt from the Lord, I was supposed to ask you. And I, mm. Like in hindsight, I feel like it was because God wanted you to mm -hmm. have boundaries and yeah. I was a safe person for you to say no yeah. to. And it's just a testament to like what God has been doing within me too, has been saying no more. And because then, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to say no, because you're like, but they don't, you know, like I really care about them and I want to help them out. And, um, you know, there've been a couple of things I've said yes to in the past, you know, year um throughout the year and been like oh man i should have said no i should have said no and i said yes uh and i think that it it just takes time to know the difference but also to just have the courage i know it sounds weird to have the courage to say no even to your loved ones um you're not being selfish no especially if you know like that's where the enemy will try and get you too is like oh man you you mean being so selfish you're so lazy you just want to be lazy and I'm like, bro, like I just did like a bunch of stuff. Like when you really think about it, how ridiculous it is. But in the moment, Satan knows exactly how to say something to you to get you to really like, is it true? Does this actually, am I selfish? Am I self-centered? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then you do a bunch of stuff to try and validate mm -hmm. how selfless you really are and you burn yourself out. Oh God, man. Yes, dude. Preach. That so, is so true. Yeah. That's one of one of the things that I have in like our community is the open, transparent communication, because if it's whatever comes and it's exposed to the light, it dies in the light. But but lies and all that ucky stuff, even if it doesn't belong um, to the other person, like, you know, I'll, I'll get text messages and I expect to have people reach out to me like, hey. I'm, I'm feeling this way. Am I doing enough? Am I, you know, uh, did I show up for you in the way that I needed to show up for you? And, you know, and it's like this really vulnerable conversation, right? Like, um, and then I'm able to validate them and encourage them and say, Hey, I understand where you're at. Um, that was just, that's the conversation I had with one of my spiritual daughters, Danae. She said, you know, I have all these things that are on my heart and I really, really want to serve, but God has been really speaking to me about having this season of rest. Mm. And I'm like, girl, yes, I see your heart and your willingness, but you need to obey the Lord because revelation in this season is going to come from the place of rest. And so you need to, you need to receive, you need to rest, you need to incubate, you need to get what God has for you in this season and don't move forward and say yes on anything that is going to take you outside of that, because then you'll be outside of the will of God. And that's not beneficial for me. That's not beneficial for the ministry. And it's definitely not beneficial for you. So, I mean, literally, it, it actually kind of scares me when people move outside of God's will on things because then it jacks us up too. Like Dude, it, the real. people you say yes to, it will mess them up too. So I, I say, you need to know you got grace for this before you say yes. Um, so yeah, so take a nap like Jesus did, you know, Elijah, when he had the thing and then he ran away from Jezebel and then 
what happened? God sent him an angel and he sent him a raven to, to give him a snack and, and he took a nap. You know, we, we need that. We have, we have bodies. And when our physical bodies don't feel well, then our minds aren't well and our spirits aren't going to be well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I feel like really the, the answer on the cusp of 2023, um, is that for those of us that are moving into this and we need to be aware of the strategies of the enemy to discourage us. And we need to, um, one, I, and I just want to invite anybody, if you're not a part of the Elisha's mantle mentoring, this is like really evolved into an online, like a digital church family. It's, I can't even say church because some people don't realize that the book of Acts church was actually family, but it's like a community. Um, it's a family on fire for Jesus and the vulnerability there and the amount of freedom that people are experiencing. We, we even just had a precious guy named Ray who has the most mm -hmm. incredible testimony. Yeah, he's great. He, he's gotten, he's here free. in the chat. Is he Ray? Yeah. Our little Ray of sunshine. Yay. Um, so, I mean, but he has gotten so much healing. We have another girl, Steph. She's precious. I love her so mm -hmm. much. She's got so much healing, Lisa. And if, if you guys want to join that, you just go to my uh, website and go to the mentoring tab. It's, it's an ongoing um, community and you can, you get all the past replays of all the sessions, the lives that we've done um, and the teachings and PDFs and all that stuff. You get the community, which even if you decide that you don't want to participate in the live Zoom classes, you get to be a part of the community for life because you're still one of us. Um, you're still part yeah, of Yeah, for life. Yeah, member for life. Um, and then they all minister to each other. And now we've got uh, my sweet little Emily uh, Wells is doing like an intercessor prayer call, you know, and people are connecting and other things. It's just incredible. So if you need a good, healthy on fire community um, to be able to process some of this stuff with, then I want to invite you to be a part of my family. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And then Psalms 23 is going to be, I feel like 2023 Psalms 23 is going to be the answer and is, is going to be um, like our, our marching orders, if you will, for 2023 yeah. and Yahweh, Jesus being your best friend and your shepherd mm. and knowing that when you have him, you have more than enough. He's yeah. going to offer a resting place for you and his luxurious love. He's going to take you to an oasis of pure, of peace um, near the quiet brook of bliss. This is in the Passion Translation. And that's where he's going to restore and revive your life and your soul. He's going to open up the right path for you. And he's going to lead you in his footsteps of righteousness. He's going to walk you in righteousness for his namesake so that you can honor his name. And even when that path takes you into the darkest places, Fear is fear and death will not conquer you because his love has already conquered you. Amen. Hmm. 
His authority is going to be your strength and your peace. He's given you authority over all the works of the enemy. Um, and the comfort of his love is going to take away your fear. You'll never be lonely because he's going to be with you. This is going to be a year of you guys discovering how close he really is. You know, and sometimes it's going through that valley of darkness that we discover how near he is. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, He's going to become your delicious feast uh, in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> and he's going to give you a fresh anointing in the presence of your enemies until your cup overflows. That that verse right there um, in the Hebrew understanding, there was a sort of like a house protocol when visitors would come is they would sit a cup on the table of wine and however full the cup was, was how much time those visitors were welcome. So if there's a little wine, then you're only welcome for a little while. But if your cup was overflowing on and spilling over onto the table, it meant that you could stay for as long as you wanted to. And I feel like the Lord wants us to know that you know, this is, this is a, a great season. This is going to be a great season for us to spend as much time with the Lord as we want and to realize that he never wants us to leave his presence. And there's going to be a greater understanding of us um, walking in his manifest manifest presence all the time, like a greater awareness of it. So why would you fear the future? Only goodness and mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. And then afterward, when your life is through, you'll return to his glorious presence to be with him forever. Amen. Amen. So All right. Read that. Meditate on it. Yes. Psalm 23 for 2023. Um, okay. I want to have you pray for people and close this amazing episode out. Because I know this has been, I just felt like, huh, like really good. Really yeah, good. like a refreshing. Yeah. yeah, it's very refreshing. Yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you. I just feel mm -hmm. like some of you guys just need to know you have permission to say no. <laughs> you have permission to say no. And the people that are in your life for the right reasons, when you say no, they will honor that. Right? And um, so when, wherever you don't feel that you have grace... And I even, the Lord's showing me right now too, that some of you have been participating in things that have not been, I'm not going to say that they weren't anointed in a previous season, but that you don't currently have grace to continue in. Mm. And you've been continuing to do it. You thought you were continuing to do it to serve the Lord, but really it's been rooted in um, a false sense of responsibility and fear of man. And I feel like the Lord is saying that, you know, you have, even if there are things that you love, you can feel when there's grace on it and when there's not grace on it. And he wants you to, this is like the, the pruning or the cutback for, you know, the super bloom later on, that this is the preparation season or the germination season, you know, like every seed needs to germinate. And when it's, when it's under there germinating, it doesn't look like it's doing much. And then all of a sudden it's like, and like it shoots up and out. 
And so if this is a word for you, the Lord says you have permission to have healthy boundaries and to say no, and even to step away from religious activities that um, you no longer have grace Mm. to be operating in. And as you do that, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be refreshed. Um, I also just want to break off the spirit of discouragement. Um, I feel like the Lord, yeah. So in the name of Jesus, um, I just sever every hook and snare, um, and ever I cancel out every assignment of the spirit of discouragement that has tried to pierce the heart of God's people right now in the name of Jesus. I say, lift up your heads. God is the lifter of your head. Look up to the hills. That is where your help comes from. The maker of heaven and earth. He is your refuge. He is your vindicator. You need only be still. He will fight this battle for you. I just feel like the Lord says there are some of you that are in battles. You've been in battles and you've been you know, whether it's been with temptation or it's been with a certain sin. And the Lord just says, rest in me, rely on me, trust in me, and I am going to get you through it. And it's not going to be a wrestling. It's going to be a releasing. I hear the Lord say that it's not going to be a a wrestling. It's going to be a releasing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And um, I feel like, too, the Lord has given some people um, really exciting prophetic words about their calling and their destiny and things that they're supposed to build. And that um, there has been like I keep getting the the analogy or my testimony of when God gave me the Speak Life project. He literally gave that ministry that ministry to me. Years ago, um, after a conference, I mean, like I was still in ministry school, um, and I, nobody knew me. I wasn't really honored or respected or anything like that. I was still very much in process, but God gave me that vision for this ministry and, uh, gave me the whole download. And, and then when I started ministering and preaching and stuff out places, I even tried to launch it but there was no grace on it because the timing was off. And then literally when the timing was right, I, I, if I'm being honest with you guys, I had been discouraged and I was so discouraged that I had to ask God for several fleeces before, you know, before I would actually step out and do it again, because I, had been disappointed when I had tried before and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for some of you guys that that is where you're at. Like maybe God gave you a vision for something and you tried it and it didn't work. And then maybe you went back to it and, and it still didn't take off. And I just feel the Lord say like the timing is, is coming. Like, I feel like, you need to know that it might not be right now in this season, but you need to not release those dreams because there is a date 
for those things to come to fruition. And right now you need to ask God, what is my, just what is my next step? Do I put this on a shelf? Do I hold it in my heart? And, and if that's the case, Lord, that's fine. And I'm going to trust you to tell me exactly when I'm supposed to bring that thing out and, and put it on display for the world to see. And then when the timing is right, you're going to know because it's going to be like the doors are going to swing open wide. Um, and you're going to, and, and not only that, but there's going to be an immense amount of favor on it. That's another way, you know, God's on it. Like, um, the speak life campaign, which you guys can still sew into by the way, cause we're continuing to do that ministry, you know, Abortion hasn't stopped just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, guys. Right. Like we still have women out there that need healing and need to share their story. And we still have babies out there that, you know, are being aborted because no one's speaking up for them. So like that's still, you can still sew into that ministry and thank you to everybody who has. Um, but we, um, when we launched it, we did it on Elijah streams. And my God, I just love you guys so much, Jeff. I am like so thankful for the Elijah list and Elijah streams and Elijah fire. Um, you guys are such an incredible gift. Like the way that you're changing the world, um, by giving the prophets a platform, you know, is just I mean, like, and I don't, Steve doesn't even realize it. You don't realize it because you did the interview with me. But just by saying that, like, you've saved babies' lives. <laughs> you have, you've helped children be adopted. Um, you've launched other women's ministries, um, brought healing. We've had at least one woman share their testimony and get radically healed and delivered every, you know, every week for all of 2022 and it's not over. And then wow. it's given birth to this whole other thing. So thank you so much. You guys should sew into Elijah fire, by the way. Um, so into my friend Jeff, because he's incredible ground actually. Elijahfire.com slash donate. Yes, do it. Um, because I mean, I couldn't even like, but, but there was so much grace and so much favor on that. We raised an insane amount of money. I had um, the right to life organization nationally reach out to me and live action reach out to me because they said, um, we saw how successful your fundraiser was on Give, Send, Go. How did you do that? And I'm like, God was on it. The spirit was breathing right. on it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then get this. Uh, they actually launched their own video testimony series after seeing mine. So there are like four other video testimony series through these other big pro-life, um, you know, organizations that were inspired through the speak life project. And I'm not in competition. We're all winning here. Right. Because we're yeah. building the kingdom. Right. right? The more um, people that are doing it, the more, you know, the word gets out. Right. And, yeah. So you'll know when the time is right, when the anointing is on it, when the God's favor is on it, and when the doors for you to move through with it are open. And so do not get discouraged if that door is not open yet. God is giving you vision for the future. Um, yeah. And then also, I just thank you, God, 
for, um, for rest. I just release that spirit mm. of comfort and of shalom and of joy over your people. Um, and God, I just pray that you would inspire people to take a nap Amen. in yes. Jesus name. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes good. he comes like a fire and other times he comes like a flood. Well, the first time I went to heaven was because I went to go lay down for a nap. So, I mean, I think that there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And Jeff, you need to, you need to be resting too. Don't say, don't say yes to anything too quick. Oh, I, after you finished, I know you just finished a big project behind the scenes, which is like, a, be such a, like a colossal project. <laughs> months long project that I just finished last night at like 1130. Well, finish, finish, there's finishing touches we have to do, but, but it, it, as far as like everything put together, it's done. And I'm just like, I, I still in shock. Cause I've been literally, I've been doing nothing after I clock off. I, I that's what I've been doing for the past couple of months. So I'm uh, it feels weird to like, like we're going to watch some Christmas movies tonight. Yay! You know? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. So yes, everybody but, looks like they're no. really being ministered. Yes. Don't be I was looking at the comments. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Rest. Enjoy, enjoy your wife and your family mm -hmm. and life. You know, that's God wants us to enjoy the little things and to mm -hmm. capture moments and yeah. appreciate the gifts that he gave us, you know, that's yeah. why the Jews celebrate Sabbath and we're to keep it holy. Yeah. You know, that it's holy to rest. God rested when he created us. What was the first thing he did? He rested. So even at our creation, the first thing that we were exposed to was rest, not work. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, we are also going to have you back next week. Uh, people, we're going to be doing a countdown to Christmas Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. We do Wednesday. We start with Christina Miss special, which is uh, Kelsey is hosting and uh, is it, uh, it's going to have Christina Baker. Then we do Christmas part one with Krista right here Thursday. And then we do Christmas part two with Krista J. Bullock on friday and then we go right into christmas you guys so we're gonna just we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun everybody be festive even though i can't see you wear an ugly christmas sweater i'm gonna be representing so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun um i have, I have a yeah. fun sweater yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait so you guys get a double dose of krista this week and then next week so yeah this was so good was so good. needed I just felt like just a lot of people, myself included, needed to hear this. You know, it's been really good. Yeah. Amen. Well, I love you, Jeff. And I, I don't you. want to take up any more of your time, but no, it's fine. It's, so you can I'm go good. watch Christmas movies I'm still, with, your, with your smoke. I'm still on wife. the clock, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. So, alrighty. Well, Krista, obviously, you know, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. People can go to KristaElisha.com and you've got a wealth of resources on there. People can go to the Speak Life 
the crowd cries out, cries out, speak life on YouTube. Links are all in the description for all of those things. You guys go subscribe to that channel if you have not already and go watch those videos because they're really powerful. Yes. And think about joining EMM. This is like, I, I don't, I don't self-promote. I promote Jesus and mm -hmm. what God is doing in this group is it's beyond comprehension. Um, and uh, all the details again are on my website. So I'd love to have you guys. Yep. Absolutely. I might Alrighty, well, Krista... come on and share on one of our zooms live, which that would be private and he would have to say yes. And it would have to be when the rest time is over. Oh, me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be cool. Don't you guys think so? I think. Yeah. Yes. Jeff is super anointed and he's very prophetic. I mean, I don't, I know that you like host people, but him and his wife are really powerhouses. And I don't think that even on his own show, you guys get to see like the gift of God that is Jeff and Lauren Tharp. Like, so behind the scenes, I get to see that, but yeah, I'm a little, you know, there's a, there's, I'm pretty, pretty loose on the show, but it's definitely like, you know, there's a measure of like that becomes a barrier. Uh, you know, um, I'm definitely a lot more boyish in person and fun. It's fun. He's so, so much fun guys. Yeah. He's so much fun. Yes. So and I will treat everybody awesome. I meet with the same level of respect and, you know, I just love people. I think they're great. So. Yeah. So that would be fun to have you on EMM. Yeah. 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 One of these like, days. One of these days. One of these days. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed day. Join us tomorrow. We have a guy that for some reason I have not had back in a long time, uh, Chris Overstreet. So Chris Overstreet will be on tomorrow, and that's going to be great. I think the guy's great. The Huge respect for him, so it's an honor to have him back on the show. Uh, so tune in tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then obviously there's a donate link at the end of lightfire.com slash donate. All those proceeds go to keeping this five days a week and funding the water well situation over in Uganda. We're digging a new fresh water well every three days. They're going to be doing stuff with First Nations people probably starting next year sometime here in America. It's going to be great. So um, just know that anytime you donate, even if it's five bucks, some of that money is going to go towards those water wells. So have a blessed day, you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow with Chris Overstreet at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.